it's been an interesting couple of weeks since Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez beat Joseph Crawley in the Congress and the, the primaries for the for the Congress. Um, it's was certainly an upset. You know, Joseph Crawley was one of those uh, Democrats who had been a long, long term, a high ranking um, politician in the Democratic Party and was expected to go on and and potentially become eventually become the Speaker of the House. Um, you know, the minority speaker. And it's an interesting situation when, you know, looking at the mainstream media and trying to, and, and the mainstream media trying to make sense of what has transpired. Why, you know, this, this self-proclaimed democratic socialist, this person who was uh, a big time, you know, Bernie uh, advocate, supporter, um, she campaigned for Bernie Sanders, how this young woman, 28 years old, limited political experience could effectively unseat somebody who is one of the most high ranking, um, Democrats in Congress. And, and what is the secret? How, how can this be? And I hear the mainstream media and, you know, I hear, the uh, the CNNs of the world or, you know, believe it or not, you know, and maybe not believe it or not to some people. But, uh, you know, I've heard more harshness in tone from MSNBC and CNN, so-called liberal or liberalish, liberal leaning um, news publications versus, let's say, Fox News, which is traditionally right leaning. Um, I've heard more harshness and slander coming from uh, these so-called progressives and the so-called progressive media. And it's paradigm to me because it really illustrates, and I know this, and I'm sure many of you know this, it's been an interesting paradigm to, to, to see how her platform to a lot of these people, to a lot of these Democrats, these establishment Democrats, these corporatist Democrats, how they just don't understand it. They don't get it. And when you don't understand something and you don't get it because you're in that Washington, D.C. bubble and, you know, you're a big fat corporatist and, you know, the Democratic Party, for the most part, I've said this before, is essentially has been a center-right party, you know, as the Overton window in this country has become more and more skewed to the right. It's really the Democratic Party over the last 25 to 30 years is really just been a, a, a what the Republican, what a Republican was in 1980-something. You know, it's, it's the Democrats call themselves, uh, you know, centrists and, and it's just, it's a very interesting situation when you look at the polling, when you look at the data of a lot of these, these key platform positions that Alexandria laid out, essentially she took over the Bernie Sanders uh, platform. And you look at like her, her, you know, her political, her policy points, Medicare for all, 
you know, funded college. You know, the, some people say, oh, well, for a free college. Well, I, I don't like using that terminology because it's easy for the opponents to straw man and to relate it to, oh, socialism and wanting free stuff. And no, it's just tax funded. The same way that, you know, public school K-12 is funded uh, through tax dollars, you know, it's the same way that, you know, when people are talking about um, funding college, college the same way. And if you want to go to a private institution, then OK, you pay for a private institution if you have a little bit more money. But, you know, for, you know, young people to have to take out, uh, you know, whatever, two hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars in loans just to get through to get through school. You know, how much buying power, how good is it for the economy overall when other modern other modern nations, Germany um, being a big one. You know, other modern nations, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, they have a funded public college system, right? So, you know, the legalization of marijuana and, you know, the, a lot of these key policy points that, um, you know, are favorable with the American people have been classified by, you know, the, the corporatists in the media, the Democrats, the corporatist Democrats and the Republicans, it's been classified as extreme, uh, you know, the extreme left, right? What do we do? You know, it's, it's, it's Trump's America, you know, Trump's America, uh, you know, looking uh, how extreme the right is, right? Look how extreme the right is. We don't want to see the left get to be that extreme. And, you know, what they're saying, the implicit argument is that a, a position like universal health care is an extreme point. Legalization of marijuana is an extreme point. Uh, you know, funded college, public college is a is a um, extreme point. You know, a living wage, making sure that people get paid a living wage. You know, that so that you're not working a full time job and having to still get benefits and still, you know, not being able to survive because, you know, even though you're working 40 hours a week. It's an extreme position. But when you look at the data. When you look at the polling. How extreme is it? Unless you're saying that the the overwhelming majority of the American people are also left extremists, left-wing extremists, then, you know, I've always assumed that extreme was that, you know, you, you take the vast majority of the country and that's the average. If whatever, whatever the, the public consciousness that's, uh, you know, of that time and you take the average that's generally what it is. And then, you know, you, you look at like the the um, the outskirts of that average and then you could sort of say, OK, th this is the extreme version of this. The the radical left or the radical right based off of what the political what the um, public consciousness is in the country at that particular time. Like, for example, you know, you go back to the 1940s. You know, I'm sure you have people that were trying to abolish Jim Crow and, and people that were, you know, speaking on, on a level of equality for people amongst racial categories. And but 
the vast majority of the American people, that would have been looked at as extreme. And it may have been extreme for that time. You know, it's not a matter of so much, well, you know, it, it's not extreme because it, it's right, because I think the vast majority of people now would look at that and be like, well, that should be the default position that people should be able to, you know, live a life and not be judged by the, by, you know, the color of their skin or their ethnic background or what have you. But, on you know, the, the country at the time, the political consciousness of the country, the vast majority of people, mostly white folks, were not in that space. They were not in that headspace. You know, they, they were not as, as militant and, and extreme as like what it was in the 1870s. But again, I use the word extreme. It's extreme now. But, you know, back in the 1870s, it wasn't that extreme because the vast majority of the people had those quote unquote political beliefs. And the same goes with the scenario I laid out, laid out in the 40s. Right. But it's. It's, you know, what it is at that present time. When you look at the current landscape politically, when you look at the data, the vast majority, let alone, I'm not even talking about Democrats, you know, the, 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 the quote unquote base of the Democrats. When the Democrats talk about how, well, you know, we don't want to get too extreme and, you know, the, the vast majority of Democrats, they're, they're kind of in the middle and, and, you know, but it's interesting because what happens when the Democratic Party, when, when the Overton window has become, has shifted so far right wing that being in the middle, quote unquote, or being a centrist in 2018 is essentially like being a Republican in 1984. What if I said that? And what if I said that the vast majority looking at the polling numbers on policy points, the Bernie Sanders agenda, social democracy agenda, that the vast majority of the American people are supportive? The Affordable Care Act at its, at its zenith under Barack Obama, this would have been about you know, 2013, 2014, had about at the, the highest percentage, it was about a 50, 51% approval rating. Immediately, it was a very divisive policy, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe in a future episode, I'll go into detail as far as why that, why that is the case and just kind of lay out what the whole model was. But essentially, it, it, at the very beginning, it was a very divisive uh, policy, you know, 51-49, 50-50, right? Some people swore by it. It helped a lot of people gain access to insurance. But, you know, for a lot of other people, it, you know, it penalized certain people for not getting insurance and, and you know, you get a big fine for not having, for not having insurance. And, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, okay, so I'm being forced to go to these, you know, price gouging middlemen, these insurance companies. And, you know, it, it's, I'm being forced to, what if my job doesn't offer that? And I, I, I can't afford to pay out of pocket for it. You know, what if I could only afford a health plan? You know, what if I could only afford like going to free clinics? 
for the time being until like I get a job where they offer me some sort of benefit. You know, what if I don't qualify for Medicaid? I make a little bit too much money for Medicaid. But, you know, I don't make enough to be able to pay out of pocket for a good, you know, like Blue Cross Blue Shield or Aetna. Right. So there was certainly a lot of controversy, even at its most, quote unquote, popular. And I haven't looked at the data as of 2018. I'm sure, you know, the popularity of Obamacare has probably dipped a little bit. Right. 61 percent of the American people as of 2018, last time I checked was about three, four months ago in uh, for the Pew Research uh, Center. And uh, Gallup, those two polls that I looked at exclusively, 61% of the American people are in favor of a Medicare system for all. Let me repeat that. 61% of the American people are in favor of a universal, some sort of Medicare for all universal system. That's more than Obamacare. That's more than the private healthcare sector that we once had, you know, that was run exclusively by the private insurance companies, 61%. Medicaid and Medicare as it stands has a 70 something, I think it's like a late or like a mid to to late 70 something um, approval rating percentage wise in the country as far as people satisfaction with the, with the program, Medicaid and Medicare. It's a wildly popular um, program, believe it or not. So it, it's, you know, when you hear the mainstream media talking about, well, that's extreme, you know, extreme, you know, you, you, you wanna know the real test of, of what extreme is and what is not extreme? By looking at other countries that we we compare ourselves to, other quote-unquote Western first world type nations, and looking at their political landscape. That's not, you know, I'm not saying all of this to say that there is no such thing as left-wing quote-unquote extremism. What I'm trying to say and what the point of this podcast is, is to point out the fact that right, it's a misclassification. And it's a way to, to, to try to uh, get people off of policies that could really help the American people, that could really help, you know, poor Joe Schmo, white farmer in, in, you know, Michigan somewhere. It could really help and benefit people. Some sort of universal system. Oh, you pay higher in taxes. Okay, you pay me a little bit higher in taxes. But, you know... You're not, it's not astronomical. You, you know, you know for a fact you're covered. Your family is covered. You don't ever have to worry about getting sick. If you want to buy supplemental income, I mean, excuse me, supplemental insurance, then, you know, go right ahead. But that's where we're at. You know, 70, 61% of the American people Right-leaning, left-leaning, doesn't matter. 61% of the American people. And then when you look at the Democratic Party, people who classify themselves as Democratic, that's 80%. Tell me why, 
you know, the vast majority of, you know, of these Democrats, how many Democrats in, in Congress and in the Senate in the last four to five years have come out in favor of a universal system? If 80% of your base is in favor, that's a, that's a huge part of, of your base, a huge portion of your base. If 80% of your base is in favor of a universal system and you're sitting there saying, well, you know, I, you know, maybe at the most we would push for is a public option, but, you know, really it's, you know, it's kind of extreme and how, you know, you know, you know, dragging your feet and, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. And, uh, you know, it's just the, the Diane Feinstein's of the world. How do you legitimize that? The Chuck Schumer's of the world. These are high ranking officials in the Democratic Party. How do you reconcile that with your base? When, you know, you're quote unquote, well, I'm a centrist and I'm trying to appeal to the middle ground people. When 80% of your base is telling you, we want this as a policy, we want you to advocate for these policies. Then you wonder why, you know, people just sit on their hands and they don't go out to vote. What's the point? What is the point? You know, marijuana, same thing. 70% up to 60 something, 70 something percent. It may be 70 something percent of the American people are in favor of legalizing marijuana recreationally. Now you look at a guy like, you know, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, who's not only keeping a stronghold and, and halting the progression of legalize, legalization of marijuana on the federal level, but now he's trying to roll back you know, using federal power, trying to roll back uh, legal marijuana on the state level. When 70 something percent of the American people are in favor of that, how is it that a, a vast majority, a good chunk of the American people are in favor of legalization of marijuana? And, you know, not only do we have somebody, okay, you know, you're a quote unquote Republican and, you know, that's not our platform. But now you're going to try to go after states when your whole platform is, quote unquote, states rights. It's an absolute travesty. It's an absolute travesty. You look at all of these policy points, the, the policy points going from top to bottom, the, of the, I call it the Bernie Sanders policy agenda. And it's pitiful. That these are policy points that are being described in the media as radical and extremist. When not only is it the vast majority of the American people are in favor of it, but other countries who are like us, other countries who are, you know, first world type countries have had programs like this and have had programs like this for decades. It's not theory. It's not like a libertarianism where it's all theoretical. There is no first world modern nation with like, you know, the, the main tenets of like or the main premise of libertarianism. There are none. There are none. The vast majority of, you know, where you're talking about first world countries have had universal health care. You know, when Canada's had it, what, since the 70s, maybe even earlier? The UK, 
Sweden, Denmark, Norway, you know? It, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Israel, I think, has some sort of system like that, you know? And when you look at it, France, Belgium, Switzerland, you know? But here we are. Here we are, right? This is where the Democratic Party should be. That should be the default position. You know? The, the Republicans, the same way the Republicans do it with taxes, right? The Republicans love to juxtapose everything, right? They juxtapose it and it's, it's a false juxtapose, right? Because Republicans, all they care about is, is cutting taxes for the 1%. They care about cutting taxes for the corporations, for Wall Street, for, you know, cutting regulations, cutting, making sure that they make more money. That's the, you know, what, what the Republicans won't tell you. You know, we're, we're for the working class. Yeah, that's bullshit. They're not. They'll sell you that and they'll tell you, well, you know, it's the Democrats. They're the ones. They just want to raise your taxes. Well, how about being a party that is actually run on progressive values? How about you run on a platform that, you know, the other guys, you know, they talk about, oh, well, we want to cut your taxes. Well, we want to make sure that, you know, we're the party, we're the anti-war um, party. We're, you know, if we have to defend ourselves, we're going to defend ourselves. And, you know, we're, we're going to defend, you know, if uh, uh, physically attack us. But we're not going to wage war and continuously invade more and more countries and overextend ourselves and, and continue to spend more than the next nine or ten countries in the world combined on our military budget. We're not going to continue to spend all of that money and maintaining the dozens and dozens and dozens of bases that we have worldwide, army bases. You know, we're going to worry about, you know, we're going to be the party that's going to concentrate on infrastructure, actual infrastructure, not talk, but actually like making sure that, you know, roads and tunnels and, and, and public transportation are being concentrated on and being developed. You know, the other party, you know, they're interested. They're not interested in, in, in the environment. They're interested in making sure that, you know, the, the coal industry and, you know, the gas, you know, the gas companies get their cut and they get their money. And we're, they're going to, the other side, they're going to roll back regulations. So the, the air that you breathe is going to be screwed up because this is the, the, where, where you live and the water that you drink is going to be screwed up. Look at Flint or, you know, in a lot of other places, but you know, the, the people who are making the millions and millions of dollars, they don't have to worry about it because they're going to live in a place where they're nowhere near all of that, that waste and the runoff in the water and, their water is going to be pristine. It's going to be clean. Their air is going to be as clean as possible. And they're going to be insulated from that. But you won't be insulated from that. Right? We're going to, that's going to be our platform. You know, we, we're, we're, you know, the Republicans, they want to bring in, they want to continue the old model, the outdated model, even though we rank last by the World Health Organization every time they do these studies as far as you know, health care. The only um, health care, the only thing we're number one in is cost. 
every other uh, modern nation ranks above us and they have a universal system, but somehow, some way, universal systems are described by these people as being um, bad and being inefficient and not having outcomes. When in all actuality, when you look at every single data, when you look at every single independent um, study, it shows that these they have better, you know, in, in these socialized um, uh, healthcare systems, they have better outcomes than we do. And they spend significantly less than, than we do. So that's going to be our platform. You know, marijuana. Why, you know, these are the same people that tell us, right, that they're, they're all about freedom. You know, they, they want to tell us, well, you know, you can't regulate guns because it's, it's, it's freedom, right? It's freedom. They're the first people to tell you. But, you know, have you looked at any polls recently? 75, 80% of the American people are in favor of, of legalization of marijuana recreationally. These people are still going back and telling what grown adults can and cannot do and, and banning that. When, you know, a grown adult should have the right, the same way a grown adult should have the right to buy a beer after work and drink a beer, it's the same way a grown adult should be able to sit back, you know, purchase marijuana legally and not off the street and smoke, you know, in the comfort of their own home without having to, to worry about getting arrested. Right. That these are the, the platforms, you know, we're going to be the party of the young people, you know, because we, we get it right. Millennials, we, we understand your plight. We understand that the vast majority of people 35 and under consider themselves to be progressive. And, you know, we're not going to forget about you. We're not going to mock you like the other guys do and call you lazy. We're not going to mock you and make fun of you. And talk about how entitled you are, the Tommy Lorenz of the world, and the we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to understand your plight. We're going to work with you. We're going to try to find programs to make sure that people don't die in debt for getting an education, because education is an asset. It's not a. It's not a. a, a, a you know a. Um, you know, it's not a detriment. It's an asset to society. And we're going to work towards making sure that individuals don't die in debt. Whether it's a public universal of all of all government loans, just, you know, a, a forgiveness of all government loans. That's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to we're going to work on an initiative to fund public college. Same way Slovenia does it, the same way Germany does it, the same way France does it, the same way all of these other countries do it. We're going to fund Spain, same thing. We're going to fund college because we're the, we're, we want to make sure that middle class and lower middle class individuals have a, right to, have, a, have a chance to go to college without having to take out $150,000, $200,000 in loans. We get it. You know, we're going to try our damnedest. We're going to institute programs. We're going to make sure that, you know, millennials, 
where, you know, I have the opportunity to work a full-time job while earning a living wage. We're not going to let you guys out there in the market, you know, already in debt as it is, and you can't even afford to live on your own. You're going back to live, live at home doing a job that's not even your major or doing a job that's like, you know, you have a master's and you're doing a bachelor's level position because there's no work. You know, that's messed up. And we're going to do something to fix that. You know, these are all of these policies. There, there are so many more policies, you know, but the Democrats, the higher ups, the brass, that that's not a uniform position. That should be by default, the, uni- the uniform position. The uniform position, but instead the, the media, you know, the, the higher ups, the brass. Oh, that that's extremist. That's extremism. You know, you, you hear these people, you know, um, on Facebook, you know, I have Facebook friends, people who are so-called self-described Republicans who, you know, they were perfectly OK with all of these shitty policies when it was George Bush. Oh, I'm a Republican. I'm a Repu- Republican. But, you know, since Trump uses bad words and he's he's real rude and disrespectful, then it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Democrat now. Well, those people, I wish they would just stay, you know, a fucking Republican, to be honest with you, because fact of the matter is, is that, you know, they're just as bad. Oh, you know, the, the Democratic Party is becoming so too extreme, so extremist. It's like, have you looked at any data or any any polling in the last three to four years? Yeah, all of these policy points probably would have been extreme in the 1970s. This country was was very conservative. It's always been a more conservative counterpart, you know, even going back to the formation of this nation when those, you know, Europeans came over and, you know, on the Mayflower and, you know, they came over and it, what, what did they come over for? They came over because they felt that where they were at in Europe was too extreme and it was too loose and that, you know, we need something a little bit more. We need to find our own land and we need to find some place where we could be more strict and pious. That's been the American ethos since the very beginning. It's a very tight, it's a very uptight country. It's a very, you know, and you go to certain places in the country and it's even more uptight. And it's even more like, you know, conservative. And, you know, at the end of the day, the times are changing and, you know, we will catch up to Europe. You know, we will catch up to a lot of these other countries, quality of life, happiness index, you know, um, healthcare outcomes, education outcomes, job satisfaction, jobs in general, industry. But, you know, the current path that we're on, we're not on that path. We're actually going backwards. And the reason why is a lot of different reasons why. But, you know, classifying people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is the future of the Democratic Party, whether you like it or not, she's not going anywhere. That policy point, especially in New York, the cat's out of the bag, very popular policy point. You know, and then I hear people talk about, oh, well, you know, um, that that's not going to that message won't land in the middle part of America. Yeah, it will. You know, that's the problem. You know, 
It'll it will land. It may land better than in some places on the, on the coasts. You know, you may have cer certain enclaves on the coast who are wealthier that live on Wall that you know work on Wall Street and may be like, I'm not for this. You know, this this doesn't this doesn't sit right with me. You know, these policies are not pro um, corporation, pro Wall Street. You know, but, you know, regular Joe Schmo from Iowa, regular Joe Schmo from Ohio. I think they're more likely to to be um, in favor of, you know, a lot of these policy points because it, it benefits the regular, regular Joe Schmo. You know, there's a reason why Bernie Sanders beat a relative unknown a relative, a self-described democratic socialist in the de democratic primaries beat the pants off of Hillary Clinton in the Midwest. And ultimately, that's what Hillary lost. Hillary really lost the, the Rust Belt against Trump in, the, in the, um, the, uh, the main election. So what does that tell you? You know, the, the quote unquote, well, you know, we're trying to be in the middle. We're trying to be centrist. We're trying to we're trying to pull back. That that quote unquote message, how effective was that quote, that message under Barack Obama, who was a neoliberal Barack Obama, who was the quote unquote centrist of the Democratic Party? How well did that work? When a thousand seats were lost under Barack Obama. A thousand seats. If his agenda was so popular, why is it? How could you lose that many seats un, under under his watch? How is it that only one, two years of his terms, of his term, if he was so popular, the the Democrats had control of the House and the Senate. The Democrats had a supermajority. How does that happen? It's an interesting situation that we're currently in right now. And it's, it truly is a, a civil war of ideas within the Democratic Party. And it's a soul-searching situation because I guarantee you continue on this path. The Democrats continue, quote-unquote, teetering and towing the line. And, oh, we're, we're in the middle and we're, we're going to let Trump in his extremist wing. We're going to let them you know, go this way. And, you know, we're going to continue to be in the middle when the middle is so far to the right now that, you know, there is no, you know, when you're in the middle, you're effectively just a little bit more to the left, but you're still on the right politically on the spectrum. If you're going to continue to behave that way and, and have that philosophical, ideological um, idea, then, you know, you're going to get your clocks clean. You're not going to win the House back later this year. You know, you ain't definitely ain't winning the Senate. And, you know, the Democrats are going to, they're going to get another four years of Trump. And if you think Trump is bad now, and you think the administration is awful and the things that they're doing is terrible now, wait until he doesn't have to worry about being reelected again and he can really institute his ad agenda in another four years, how much damage can be done. So it, it's one of those things where, you know, you have time to ship up and shape, you know, to sh really shape it. And, you know, 
and to really just uh, to look at things for what they are. Don't fall for the for the the BS. And you know, oh, you know, oh, this this um, extremist and radical, and fall for that bullshit terminology because all it's doing, all they're trying to do is distract you, and they're trying to distract you from the idea that you know you're not in the minority for supporting these ideas. You're in the majority. You know, and it's just the corporate, the corporations, the the big media conglomerates. They don't like that because they know that. You know, in situations like that, it's higher taxes for them, right? It's, it's more regulation, and they don't like that because, you know, corporations, it is what it is. Your, their job is to make money. So it's not to say that they're not going to still be successful corporations in America because, you know, they're still going to be multi, 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 multi billion dollar industries. But, you know, it, it's not going to be instead of, you know, making 30 billion it, uh, it'll be 27 billion and it, it just doesn't sit right with, you know, corporations, you know, because the, the main idea is greed. So they're going to, of course, they're going to push back. But the beautiful thing is, is that the vast majority of the American people, we have the numbers on our side. Vast majority of the American people are in favor of these policies. And it's only going to get worse and worse over the years because the millennial generation is, you know, more, way more progressive than the baby boomer generation and the Generation X generation, you know? It's only, you know, and I don't see that changing, you know? I, I think, not to say that there aren't going to be any, like, quote-unquote conservatives in the millennial generation. There are, but, you know, they're more libertarian-ish, like the Ben Shapiro's, who's also a millennial, you know, they're, they're more like about conservative economics, but, you know, progressive social stuff. And that's where the conservative parties are eventually, the conservative ideology in America is eventually going to come. It's eventually going to go down that path. Conservatism is going to look way different 20, 30 years from now. And, you know, it's only going to get worse. You think, you know, people wanting legalization of marijuana is going to go down? Oh, you know, over the next five to ten years, as the baby boomers continue to die off, and the Generation X people start getting older and into power, and then millennials, you know, the older millennials start to get into power, you think that that's going to change? Absolutely not. So, you know, it's it's an important situation. You know, the, 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 the right wing in this country is so far extreme. You know, look at, look at where we're at now. You know, it, it's almost become commercialized. Nazism has almost become commercialized. Richard Spencer, guys like that have become celebrities. Richard Spencer's a Nazi. You know, this was fringe shit back in the day. Fringe. They were always around, but it was fringe. Now, these are people outright, they're up front, they got news publications. You have people, um, uh, Bannon, who was uh, a creator of, of Breitbart with a lot of that ni- Nazi iconography and Nazi, Nazi um, writing. And, and, you know, this publication has become so, it's become just regular banter, you know, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. 
But that's where we're at right now, politically. And, you know, when you're, you know, quote unquote, a center, what does that tell you? You're the center of, you know, the right wing, the normal, the, the, the new right wing are people, you know, who are um, essentially the Trump wing of the, you know, and people a little bit further to the right are, are essentially Nazis. So what does that tell you? Well, you know, I'm going to be in the middle of that. I'm, 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 I'm in the middle. What does that tell you? That is a, a horrible, horrible thing. Horrible thing. And you're not going to win any voters. You know, you know quote, not even win any voters. You're not even going to have your base turn up to go support you. You know, there's a reason. The Republicans have always, have historically, have tried you know, to make sure that people don't vote, hamper and suppress voter turnout. Why? Because historically in this country, over the last 30 years or so, you get low turnouts for elections, mainly when it comes to the presidential election. Low turnouts, Republicans win. High turnouts, Democrats win. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? So, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, we have, we'll keep our eye out on, but please, please, whatever you do, don't fall for, don't fall for it. Because it's not true, and the vast majority of the American people are on your, on your side. And, you know, this is one of the only... Um, things that have has kept me from wanting to leave the country and move someplace, and it's really kept a little bit of hope for me, in my eyes, is that you know the the you know whether the politicians are on the wrong side, Democratic, Republican, they're on the wrong side. The the vast majority of the American people on a lot of these policies are on the right side. So that's a little bit of sol a solace or solace that you can have that'll you know of hopefully get you know get you through. You know, it's it certainly gotten gotten me through. <laughs>